Welcome to the Girl Power Alliance podcast, where you're going to meet and hear from some inspiring women with incredible stories who are leading in business and in faith. We are on a mission to impact the world by empowering women to dream bigger through kingdom-minded mentoring and leadership. This is where women grow. Welcome back to another episode of the Girl Power Alliance podcast. I have an amazing woman here with me today. And if you're watching on the video, like her whole aesthetic is just beautiful. It's so matching and lovely. Um, Kelly started her first business 15 years ago. Uh, over 15 years ago, even before the world of online coaching blew up, she was researching, learning, and mastering the technology and skills needed to grow her business and be present for all her clients without spending 24-7 tied to her phone or her computer. Brilliant. Now she empowers others to do the same. She's not only saving a fellow entrepreneur from hours of monotonous tasks, you'll likely find her at home with her husband and fur baby or singing on stage or in a studio. Welcome, Kelly. Thank you so much. So happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you. Okay, let's start first things first. You sing? I do. Yes. So like uh do you sing in church? Like tell me what tell me about that. Yeah, so um I do sing in church. I actually started singing on stage when I was about 2 or 3 years old, believe it or not, and um kind of just the bug got stuck in my system and I couldn't stop and so now I've uh, been doing that for a long time. Um in fact, my first business I started was as a singing coach. So um, it is definitely a part of my brand even now um, that singing and performing is definitely a part of it. So I do musical theater, but I also do serve on the um, in the worship band at my church as well. So it's definitely something I use in all aspects of my life. Well, I apologize for starting there, but you have to understand. That's no, fine. I have had multiple multiple uh, multiple conversations with the Lord, asking Him why he didn't give me that talent. Like I have other talents. That's the one I actually wanted was to be able to sing. And so I'm always so, I'm always so envious of people that have that gift and they're using it. And it's just a beautiful thing. Well, I would love to hear this. Okay. So first of all, you really had like, you knew, you knew before the wave was even coming. And so I'd love to hear kind of the journey. Was it, was it, organic? Did you feel like a call or how did that happen that you literally went from being a singing coach to now like all things online? And I mean, man, you couldn't be positioned better. (laughs) Right. Um, yeah, actually, you know, I really feel like it was definitely, um, I didn't think it at the time, but I think it was a calling because I started making the switch from my singing coaching, which I still do occasionally over into the online and business world in general as a coach. Um, actually towards the end of 2019. So before we even knew that the world was going to close, I was already trying to transition online and out of the face-to-face. And so I kind of headed into the business direction there because it's a little more well-suited for that environment than singing. Not that you can't do it, but it's just not as effective. So I was already kind of heading in that direction. Um, Not so much focused at the time on the tech that I teach now, Um, But just trying to help people understand how to design and create a business that you want, um, not to wake up in a business that you didn't mean to start, right? Because I think we all do that occasionally. Yeah, that's Um, funny. Yeah, so I I was doing that. And um, I've always been kind of tech savvy. I I learned all of the tech I needed for my business 
self-taught. I learned it from, you know, all by myself. And I actually use it in my corporate job as well. That's what I do. And so um, I remember I was really frustrated, even again, kind of like right at the beginning, I think, of the pandemic. I was talking to my husband because, you know, they're always the, the best sounding board, but they're also the ones who give us the best advice if you really listen, because True. they know us better than we know ourselves sometimes. Yes. And I was getting so frustrated feeling like I just couldn't find a way to be heard and to be different from the millions of business coaches that are out there, or maybe not millions, but it feels that way. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I, I just, I couldn't understand. And he said, well, you know, you're, you're meeting all of these wonderful other entrepreneurs. Why don't you help them with their tech? You're so good at that stuff. And I, it just was like this light bulb moment. And I just thought, wow, that is what's different about me compared to what all these other people are doing. And so I started doing a little market research and realized, hey, there's actually a real market here Big. for this. Big. Yeah. So I kind of transitioned into that. And um, it's it's been so enlightening for me, not only because it gives me a legitimate reason to learn all the tools that I've always wanted to learn, uh, but then to also just empower other people and to to show other female entrepreneurs that they are so much more capable of at doing things than they think they are. They just need to find the right tools and they need to find someone who can explain it the way they need it to be explained. And that's not one size fits all, right? So it helps not to have all. a person and not just a video that you might find on YouTube, which is great, but it's not personalized. So that's that's where Tech Savvy Academy was born. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's super needed. Um, I, I don't consider myself techie in the least, but I, I have learned enough to be dangerous and put things together. And, uh, but it scares me because it's not, you know, when I, like we were talking before we started recording today is the day this won't podcast won't come out till actually July, I think, but, um, by that time it'll be months, but today is the day we're literally taking our old platform that we were using um, for the last couple of weeks, we've been rebuilding the whole thing, the website, the membership, everything in a new one. And today we connected the URL. And as I was doing it, I was, my husband was on the couch and I'm like, my throat's closing. I'm panicking. I was like freaking out. He's like, what's the big deal? Isn't somebody helping? I'm like, yeah, he's helping me, but I'm still panicked. It's just because it's not, it's not what I know. I could have absolutely you, what you're doing. And when I talk to entrepreneurs, it seems to be the biggest factor. It's the biggest thing that holds them back because yep. it seems overwhelming and scary. Um, it's, uh, and it makes the biggest difference, I think in your business, because, um, I learned this it, over the last year, starting in 2020, how to automate and to, you know, mm -hmm. to create things that make your business work for you, um, instead of having to, you know, individually do everything. And that has made a tremendous difference. And I, I will tell you, if anybody tells you that what you're doing is not a call from God, they are lying <laughs> because <laughs> this is a game changing. It's a game changing thing. And I will tell you when I speak to people, of course, they're scared of it and all this stuff, but to connect with somebody like you, that is a believer, it gives them, I think this other like layer of uh, trust in you, uh, mm -hmm. because the girl that built my first platform hacked it all. She, I, she built it. I spent thousands of dollars. We had a parting of ways that I didn't think was nasty, but after she left, she basically tore apart everything that, that was built. So <laughs> that just makes me so sad to hear. Oh, Unfortunately, well. it's not the first time I've heard something similar and that's, that's very discouraging, but it, it is. But, um, 
I, I'll, I will say that on the positive side, I've learned a ton. You know, I learned a ton. <laughs> sure. I was forced to learn a ton. And because I had spent so much money with her, I didn't have any more money left <laughs> to hire people. So I had to figure stuff out, which is, I think, a blessing in disguise because it'll be a little harder to take advantage of me next time. <laughs> right. Absolutely. I mean, that's a, that's a big part of it. I, I've had quite a few people since I've started, um, you know, posting about tech and being in that space. There are a lot of people who reach out and say, Hey, would, are, do you have services that you'll do this for me? Yeah. And I know there are tons, <clears throat> tons of people out there doing that. There are plenty of VAs and automation, especially, you know, specialists and experts who will do that for you. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, my approach though is, is for a couple of reasons. I won't do that. I won't do it for them. The first one being exactly what you just said is that even if you do outsource eventually, which most people do, let's get real. Eventually when your business scales, you're going to outsource it anyway. Yeah. But if you don't know exactly what you need done, how yeah. do you a explain it to someone yeah. who's going to do it? And B, know if they've done it correctly. You don't. You don't. It's the same thing as going to the mechanic. You know, every time I would go in to the mechanic, I'm putting all of my trust in somebody who I just have to believe that they're not going to rip me off because I have no idea if they're doing it right or if what they're saying I need to do is even what I need to do. So I don't want anyone's business to be controlled by that factor. Um, and one of the things that I say often to my clients, but just also in my content everywhere is I, if you choose to outsource, I want it to be exactly that, a choice, yeah, not something that you've done because you've either told yourself you can't do it or because you've just never taken the time to learn. I'm not talking about building the entire website and being, you know, HTML code. And I don't even do all that. Yeah, I'm still learning that stuff myself, but I'm talking about just the basics that everyone needs to be able to have in their business. Like you said, email automations and connecting some of your tools to each other. I mean, it's very basic things, but the power and the impact mm. of, for the customer when their process is streamlined and seamless is unmatchable. There's yeah. nothing else you can do in your business that's going to have as much of an effect as those tiny little tweaks. So it's, it really to me, is, it's, yeah. it's obviously such a passion <laughs> for me to do this in my business and to, to help others with it as well. It's, it's a huge blessing. And uh, I mean, it is what it is. I paid thousands, multiple thousands of dollars for the, um, for this, this person, this girl to do which, what I did in three weeks. And she told me it was going to take six months. It did. It took her almost six months. Um, and I did it in three weeks and it's not what I do. Now, yeah. mind you, I learned along the way, right? Over the last year, just while she was building it and stuff, there was stuff that I learned. So it wasn't like I started from scratch. I had mm -hmm. some knowledge, but I'm kind of like, but, but it is what it is. So I just, I got an expensive education and yeah. I absolutely will automate, but you're exactly right. My fear, first of all, I didn't want to spend the money again, cause I already spent it, but number one, but number two, now I'm like gun shy and I'm like, listen, I'm going to build this whole thing. I'm going to know it inside and out. And then when it is time, like exactly like you said, I'll be able to say, this is what I want done. And if it isn't done like that, I'll know. And so I won't mm -hmm. get caught. I really felt like I got caught this last time, not knowing how to repair the things that got broken, which ended up costing me more in the first place. So there's, yeah. there's a lot of different sides to look at it. You know, starting as a small business, I think that having somebody like you to teach them is invaluable. 
<laughs> it is invaluable. And it, you're 100% right, makes the biggest difference. Even when we first launched, I had many, many people asking how long we had been in business because we looked so professional from day one. And that yeah. was solely because of automation. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's the thing. That was the lesson I learned in my first business is that none of my customers or potential customers cared that I was one person nope. who was trying to start and grow a new business, work full-time, manage my household and have a life. They don't care. They're your customer. They want to feel like you're there for them at any time of the day that they want you to be there for them. And, you know, for a while I tried to be that. And I'm sure if you've done that before, if anybody watching this has tried that, they know exactly why that didn't last. Oh, you burn out. I could not. Yeah. I could not keep that up. Um, and because of that too, I also started to feel a little bit, um, frustrated with like, if a client would cancel at the last minute, like it stressed me out because I, I bent over backwards to be available for them, you know, and it's just, that's very frustrating. You don't want to come into a relationship that way with a customer. So it, it was very stressful. And, um, so I, I recognized that if I didn't start learning ways to be more efficient and to kind of clone myself, you know, we all joke about it and say, Oh, is that possible? It is. If you learn some of these tools, you can clone certain aspects of yourself and it allows me to be more present where I need to be in that moment and still be there for other people. So to me, that, that was where this all kind of started in the first place. And I had a tech background somewhat. I mean, my dad is a computer programmer. He's been in computers. I had an email account before anyone knew what an email account was. That's awesome. So I, I had a little bit of an unfair advantage on that side, um, but it just came out of necessity. I just needed to learn and, and find tools. And there were so few of them back then. There's so many choices now. Right. And, you know, you, you can totally find the one that's exactly right for you in that season of business. That, that's really amazing. Um, let me ask you this, because I have I have other questions I want to ask you specifically about what it is that you do now and what you offer. But um, how has, you know, one of the things about this podcast that I really love to share, of course, valuable, valuable information like what you've been sharing, but I also like women to hear kind of the journey, because I feel like um, as Christian women, sometimes they feel pulled. Like I can either be an entrepreneur or I can be this really good Christian woman. And, yeah. and, you know, I can, if I'm, if my business is ministry, then I can't really charge for it. And so there's this real big pull. I think that, that women feel very like they have to choose one or the other. Of course, it's not true. It's a lie, but I love one of the things I love about this podcast is getting to hear kind of that, that spiritual journey that happened for you as you sounds like you've always been an entrepreneur. Like, so that sounds like just who you were. So you didn't have to like figure out that you were an entrepreneur. You, it sounds like that's, you basically have always kind of written your own uh, ticket, but I would yeah. love to hear maybe if there was a journey along the way like that as a, as a follower of Christ. Um, yeah, you know, I, like you said, I mean, I've, I've, I kind of did fall into the entrepreneurial journey. I didn't know that I was one, um, but it, it kind of just happened organically as I was performing with people. And I realized people were asking for my advice on their singing. And I was like, Hmm, I should do something with that. And at the time I was really living very paycheck to paycheck too. So to have something that I love to do that I could then also help people and make money doing it. I thought, wow, I mean, why not? So that was kind of accidental. I don't think I knew that I was always an entrepreneur, but I think you're right. It kind of was always there under the surface. Um, but I think as far as, you know, my journey to where I am now, 
I don't really feel like I, I was bringing my faith to that part of my business. Um, to be honest, it's a lot in the theater world and that's not really a place where the faith is as prevalent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and, and often, oftentimes I felt almost like I needed to not hide, but just, you know, not talk about that stuff, just stay quiet when yeah. things were coming. <laughs> yeah. Not because I was ashamed of it, but because people would get the wrong impression. Right. Exactly. They would make their yeah. own assumptions. So, and that was a big part of what made me want to switch out of that world because I kind of felt like, you know, there's a big piece of who I am that I'm not using and I don't like it. It doesn't feel fully aligned with my purpose in life and it doesn't feel aligned with who I am. So that was kind of what started the transition into the business world because I knew that I could bring that more into that world if I chose to. Um, and I did toy with the idea of being a Christian coach of some sort. Um, but again, I felt like I didn't know where I fit in that space. So I, I feel like my maybe my faith is a little more behind the scenes of how my business runs and the journey of my business. But I think a big part of it comes from, unfortunately, the horror story that you've shared is that I want to protect all female entrepreneurs, but especially the faith-based ones from having people take advantage of them in that way. Yeah. Having somebody come along and discourage them because, you know, I know enough about you to know that something like that was not going to derail you. But there are a lot of people who would be derailed by that. Just 100%. completely stopped. Well, it almost did and, for me. Literally, literally when, sure. when, every, when everything, when there were two hacks, one hacked into I had two sites. I had a site on a platform and then I had a WordPress page that mm. was housing my podcast. And uh, the the WordPress page got hacked so badly that the guy said, did you have a falling out with your developer? Because the only way this mm. could have happened is if somebody had your login information. So that was bad, but it was only one page. It was only the podcast. So everything else was still functioning. Well, when I was trying to add additional security and different things, I needed something that this girl that was my developer, I had actually invited her to be a part of my, my, my business. Like I, mm. I was offering her ownership in the business because I loved her and I wanted her to be a part of it long-term. And so she had things like she was housing my domain on site ground and different things, even though they were mine, because I felt like we were going to work together forever. And that was mm. the platform she liked. So I was like, yeah, no worries. Well, when I asked, I was asking her for you people that this is just like level one techie stuff, but I was asking her for like DNS information because they were doing some stuff inside the domain, like adding securities and stuff. Sure. Um, she deleted my domain. And when she, you already know, which is why you went, ah, well, oh, gosh. I, um, didn't, didn't know. I was like, she goes, well, I just deleted it. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just, you know, pick it back up. Little did I know that every page, every piece of everything got disconnected instantaneously. It was such a blow. Like mm -hmm. I literally cried and I looked at my husband. And I said, maybe I'm just literally supposed to quit. That's how I yeah. felt. And if, and, and I'm strong willed and like, <laughs> like, so for people that don't have that personality that I have a hundred percent, it would have taken them out. It almost took yeah. me out. Yeah. Yeah. And that would be so horrible. I mean, there are so many people out there who have such important impacts to make in the world, such important legacies to leave. And for something this mundane to be what stops that voice is just, I mean, that just makes me so sad and so irritated <laughs> that that even exists. So that's exactly why 
I, I want to empower people to feel um, in control of that and to have the freedom to choose to do it themselves, choose to outsource, or maybe outsource most of it, but have the freedom and the ability to go in and tweak as we go. Because yeah. as, as we all know, entrepreneurial journeys are not like a straight line, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. we shift and make little tweaks to our text and our, you know, all this stuff all the time. We change the branding color from this hex code to this hex code. And if you had to hire someone every time it gets expensive, you have to wait until they're available. And by the time they've done it, maybe you already moved on to the next thing in your mind, you know, is it, we need to have some level of that um, control and freedom for ourselves, even if we do outsource the ultimate package of it. So Um, So, and I think for me too, like a big part of it is, um, you know, I focus specifically, and and I think this is a part of my faith coming through in this. Um, I think that I focus a lot on trying to help women fit their responsible budget. Now, I know there are a lot of coaches out there and I've worked with some and I've avoided some that are kind of guilting people into a level of investment that they shouldn't be making. I agree. And maybe they don't even mean to do that because maybe in their story, that was legitimately what they needed to do. But to say that other people should do that, I think is incredibly uh, irresponsible. And I think for me, that was something I really wanted to make sure that I never do. And so my focus is not to say, you know, obviously not everything's not free just because, you know, because we do need that level of skin in the game or financial accountability, however you want to think of it. We do all need that to commit to ourselves and to show up for ourselves. But at the same time, we need to think about what is a responsible budget choice that I can make here? How much can I actually spend that maybe stretches me a little, maybe makes me a little uncomfortable so I know I'll show up, but not so uncomfortable that it's endangering anything in my personal life or in my business. So I try to really focus on not only with my pricing for myself, which of course is ever changing as I figure out what makes sense, um, but also when I recommend tools and recommend things to my clients, I never give them just one option. I never say, this is what I use, so use this. Or if you want a free free version, use that one. Because there's no such thing as this tool is right for everyone. There are so many free options out there. There are so many low cost options and then there are really high cost options. So I listen to where they're at in their budget, but also where they're at in their business. Do they need that level of support from the company? Do they need that level of activity and features? And if they don't, then come over here and let's not pay anything until we need need to pay for something. So that's a big part of how I train and how I I coach is to, to keep them at a realistic and lowest overhead possible. So they can put their money and invest it where it belongs, which is mostly in personal development, if we're honest. <laughs> That's the stuff we can't get for free that we need. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And it's funny because I feel like there's kind of this millennial generation of coaches. You're right, there's a million coaches out there. There's not a lot of coaches that coach from the uh, perspective specifically of, of faith and following Christ, but there's a million coaches. But yeah. there's this whole kind of millennial mindset that like, I have to get what I'm worth. This is my value. And I kind of laugh, like I'm old, right? I'm going to be 48 this year. So I've lived a lot of life. And within those 48 years, there's been like five or six, uh, like legitimate whole lives already. So I have, I have years under my belt, but you have these 20 something coaches that are like charging, you know, stuff that, I mean, it just is, it's, 
it's amazing to me what they're charging. It's like you would, I mean, not to say that they're not great coaches. I'm sure that they're lovely coaches, but it's like, you don't even have the actual life experience under your belt or people that have never had a job. They're still living at home with their life coaching. It's like, um, maybe you should get out on your own. And, you know, it's just kind of this interesting thing that has happened specifically within the coaching world. But, you know, for me, I've done a lot of mentoring and stuff with people over the years. I've never, ever, ever charged anybody. And now with that being said, I don't just take on all these people to mentor. I literally let the Holy spirit like guide me and stuff. And I'm not a coach, so I wouldn't be doing that. And I charge with other things. So I'm not saying it's bad to charge, but I think you're right in being kind of cognizant of just, I don't know, thinking of other people instead of only always thinking about yourself. And I feel like that is such a biblical principle. Like, you know, we are, he does, God does not want us to be broke and, you know, not able to survive. So charging is absolutely okay. But then kind of charging to this level that like makes you, I don't know, in this elite scale, which by the way, is what I did. <laughs> I paid that, <laughs> but that's right. okay. live and learn. Um, so it's an interesting, it's kind of an interesting thing that has happened in, in the world. And I wonder if it will, I'm sure at some point it'll kind of rebalance, you know? Yeah. I think especially right now, because a lot of people don't have any other options as far as work-wise and because it's also a time where a lot of people are stepping into the entrepreneur space for the same reason. So, and I think that's why I think it hits me so hard because I feel like so many of those people, not only do they need to learn how to do all this stuff, but they're the most inexperienced at being able to tell what type of help they actually need. What type of coach do they need? Yeah. Yeah, They're going to be the most sucked in by the marketing that's done by the people who are charging, you know, $500 for one session. I'm sorry. I don't, don't know anybody that's worth $500 for one session. I just don't. And, and I've worked with a lot of amazing coaches who teach wonderful things, but I don't think that needs to be part of it. You know, I don't think that level of cost needs to be part of it. And, you know, I've kind of built my business model a little bit around that so that I don't focus as much on one-to-one coaching. Yeah. Because if you do that, then yeah, I understand that level of, you know, whether they say it or not as to why they price themselves that way. I feel like part of that is a scarcity mindset. I feel like they know that in one-to-one they're limiting the amount of time that they can make money and they're limiting, they're limiting themselves as to how much they can make. So I focus more on group programs and things that literally have a limitless number of spaces in that same hour that they're making $500 off one person, I could make a thousand dollars off of 50 people. Right. But it's reasonable for them so that they don't feel like they're, you know, putting their savings into this one hour long session. I just, I don't like that feeling. So I think that's part of how I built my business model. So I don't need to approach potential clients with that kind of mindset. I think it's a beautiful difference. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. And it's, well, I just think, like I said at the beginning, what you're doing is absolute holy work to have people that have this call and, you know, they, they feel this thing, God's calling them to this thing, but they don't even know what they don't know. And I know that because I still don't know what I don't know. And I'm learning as I go, I was like, oh my God, I didn't know that I need that. <laughs> and so, you know, it's, it's super overwhelming and you're bridging this gap for people in this beautiful way, because the whole world is online now, whereas there was kind of this segmented pieces of society that were everybody, children, everybody's utilizing technology as part of our lives, which has been available, but not people didn't necessarily need it because of just the way they worked. But 
it'll never, I don't think it'll ever, even when everything gets kind of like no, no masks and no people aren't talking about the virus every day, even when that day comes, the world that we live in when it comes to how we work is forever changed. Like it's, it, it moved into this new spectrum and it'll never, it will never go back. You have businesses that every single employee now is working from home. Do you think when it's all over, they're going to go spend the money and have a building again? Why would they? I wouldn't. <laughs> exactly. No, exactly. absolutely. And and this time especially has been so amazing for entrepreneurs in the tech space because all of the tech companies that, like you said, they were already here. I mean, Zoom was already here. All of the email platforms, they were already there. But they are doubling down, tripling down in some places, accelerating their timelines for new features they planned on. I mean, so even to the point of not a new entrepreneur, someone who's been doing this for a long time and has systems and tools that they use and they think they love, they need to look and see what's out there because there might be something way better out there now that's been built during 2020, during this time. True. There, there are so many things coming out. I mean, I can't even tell you, I'm on so many different lists to see that, you know, when this program releases this and that, and I get emails constantly about all the new features coming out. So it's something that even as a veteran entrepreneur, you have to keep paying attention because yes. the tool that you know is not always the best tool for you. I think people get comfortable. And I think part of that comes from that fear of change. And like you said, that that anxiety that happens when you change something and you switch it over. But <laughs> the freedom that comes after that, if you've made the right choice, is, is unmatchable. And I think it's so important for people to keep checking in with themselves on that regularly in their business. It's so true. I, in one of my books, I wrote, you have to evolve or you evaporate. And that is the way it is now. And it's happening quickly. Like it's happening really yeah. fast. Um, you're just a, you're an, you're amazing. You're such a gift. If people want to connect with you, will you tell them a little bit about what you, so we know for sure you don't offer one-to-one -one coaching, you offer group programs, tell them a little, mm -hmm. like a summary of what it is that you offer and then how they can find you. Sure. Um, so I do offer one-to-one, -one, but not, that's not my focus. Okay. Um, my, my focus is I created the Tech Savvy Academy. And so I'm slowly rolling out courses at, at different levels based on what my market is telling me they need, right? So I started out with my Tech Savvy 101, which is all about email automation, digital organization, and basic integrations. It's the 101 if you're starting a business and you're online, you need these things. And then I just recently rolled out a 201 level course, which is all about using the medium of Pinterest for your business. Mm. My goal is to get away from social media because I'm oh. not loving it. Thanks. And I think that realistically, um, I mean, I actually closed my Facebook group that I spent all last year building, closed it because I'd rather spend time building authentic community and marketing over on a platform like Pinterest where people are looking for it, mm. right? So. That's what that's where I'm at right now as far as teaching that course because so many of my market were saying the same thing. And so I said, okay, that's what we need now. So I don't know what 301 looks like yet. And I don't know what 401 looks like yet because cool. I'm waiting for my market to tell me what they need next. Um, so I that those are the things that I offer the most. Um, I do have a couple of other one-off things like you can see behind me right here, the Tech Savvy Study Hall. Um, that is my, it's a weekly group working session. Basically we sit for an hour in basically silence and focus and get stuff done. We get things done for our business accountability with each other. And the bonus of that is that I'm here as tech support. So if you run into a problem while you're cool. working, 
You raise your hand. We go in a little breakout session. We talk for a few minutes, we fix it and we come back to the group. Amazing. So that's a weekly thing that I do as well. So um, those are the two places. And then, and I really don't, like I said, I don't have a Facebook group anymore. Um, so the main place that people can reach out to me is just on my website, which is just kellylgable.com. Nice and simple. Awesome. Well, um, I'll make sure all, well, that at least that website is in the show notes. And if you're watching this on the channel, then it's right below in the video information. Um, I feel you on that. It's part of the reason I wanted to make a change in my platform, just in case I needed to take my community off of social media and have it separate. And so those are things that also, I think a lot of, especially believers, I think we're all feeling that kind of crowded, um, just yucky space that social media has become. And if censorship continues the way that it has been, first it's conservative, you know, po political conservative groups and Christians have got to be on the short list of that, you know, mm -hmm. next. And so um, just being cognizant, not saying it's going to happen, but if it does happen, then we have an alternative space that we can turn to like that's ready to go. And so that was one of the things that I wanted to, um, you know, make sure I just, you know, you gotta, you gotta be prepared. Absolutely. Not to mention sites go down. Yep. If Facebook yep. goes down or they just, they close someday and that's the only place you communicate oh, with people your are going to be screwed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I think it's just good business to have, mm -hmm. you know, plan B and C and, you know, alternatives. And, and a lot of people just, they just don't want to be on social media right now. They just actually yeah. don't want to be there because it's, yeah, been, it's just toxic. So, yeah. That's the perfect word. Toxic. <laughs> Well, you're amazing. I certainly could have used your study hall over the last three weeks. So <laughs> doggone it that it's a little late for me. But if you're listening, please reach out to her. I'm telling you, it will it will save you so much money in the end, so much time in the end. And you know, just don't be like me. <laughs> Find <laughs> Kelly immediately. <laughs> um, thank you so much for being a guest here on the podcast. Love to have you back again. Love to have you go live in our group or some, or maybe just do a video that we can play in the group to connect more people to you, just because I, I believe that what you're doing is so important. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. It's been wonderful chatting with you. Have an awesome day. You too. I just love to watch God at work in these women's lives, the guests on our podcast, the people that listen to the podcast, the women in the community, our contributors. Uh, gosh, I mean, it's just... <laughs> I'm in awe every day of what God does. And I just want to put this out here. If you have a story that you'd like to share, we've been praying you in. Head over to girlpoweralliance.com. At the top of the page, you'll see a collab with us tab. Click on that and fill out the form and let's get the process started because we believe that this community is about you. You may not be part of it yet, but we know you're supposed to be part of it. And we want to put a megaphone to your voice and a spotlight on what you're doing so more people hear about it. We believe in collaboration. We just rebuke the spirit of uh, competition among women because there is plenty in the kingdom for everybody. And we want to partner with you in any way we can to help you to expand your reach, your voice, your vision. Our goal is to help you 10x your income, 10x your impact, 10x your faith. Here at Girl Power Alliance, you can test drive our membership for $1.99. When you're over there at the website, just click on the become a member and take advantage of our $1.99 trial and just try it on for size for 30 days. See that you don't get massive value added with these incredible women that are a part of our amazing community. 
And this is one thing that you'll always feel as a part of our community, that Girl Power Alliance is where women grow.